0: I had to move with a small child to another city due to the threats and cyberbullying. That was like the toughest and the saddest part for me, fleeing my hometown where I lived for 37 years.
1: For years writer and journalist Martina Milnarovic suffered from threats and insults online, and when she was diagnosed with breast cancer, it escalated.
0: It was persecution campaign to punish me, not only for the exposure of the scar on my breast, but also for daring to comment on politics and to promote gender issues and all other problems.
1: Welcome to the United Nations Uniting Against Hate podcast. I'm Katie Dartford and each week I'll be talking to those who've encountered hate speech firsthand and activists and experts from around the world about how they're trying to counter it. I'm Martina Mlinarevic. Uh, I serve as an ambassador of Bosnia and Herzegovina to
0: the Czech Republic from uh, 20 January 2020. Before that, I was well known as a journalist from West Herzegovina and I wrote for 15 years for many, many media in Bosnia and Herzegovina and Balkan region. And uh, I was really known because they say like that uh, fierce writing, and uh, I really had many problems with uh, nationalists who are leading that part of my country for the last 30 years. And I wrote mainly about their corruption affairs and everything that was going on uh, in the part of the country where I lived. So that caused me very much problems and pressures which, uh, which I suffered for many years. Basically, I'm 15 years, last 15 years known as a person who writes about uh, everyday situation in Bosnia-Herzegovina, mainly political situation and everything what bothers our citizens and so on.
1: So we're talking about hate speech here and obviously you've touched on it there when you were saying some of the things you've written about have had quite strong responses in your country. Obviously that's caused a few problems for you in terms of hate speech and online threats. Can you go into a little bit more detail about that? I lived
0: my whole life in the southern part of Bosnia-Herzegovina. and There you have like wonderful nature, extraordinary climate, uh, sunny days, beautiful rivers. It is uh, really area of uh, truly incredible landscapes. Uh, so it is my great love and my great wound, on, on the other hand. Uh, because nature was not in harmony with the life of ordinary people, where right-wing nationalists uh, have been in power for 30 years, as I said. And I spent the last 15 years of my uh, journalist work writing about them, bringing, bringing to the surface their corrupt affairs, shameless enrichment that is inversely proportional to the lives of the people of those areas. So I uh, suffered incredible pressures for years. That area where I come from is also a stone area, so I deeply believe that this uh, stone strength is what kept me going through uh, through everything that happened to me. Uh, the hardest thing for me was when they hit my family because they really were tough struggling with that, uh, especially they are living there in a small place uh, bound by tradition and patriarchy, so on. Uh, but um, I come from traditional family, and I stand up to patriarchy, so I, have, I was very vocal about nationalism and hate in our country, and uh, my activism, I, I think that it helped others, but uh, resulted in ongoing blacklash of attacks of my job, my uh, freedom to express myself, and literally at the end of my life. My activities and personal life and appearance in public, uh, they were underlined and followed uh, by online attacks against my persona. Why is that happening? I think that uh, they were very bothered by the idea that I represent. Uh, That was the idea of our common homeland, the idea of civilized democracy, the idea of respecting people regardless of name, origin religion and so on. That was the idea of working for the honor and pride of our homeland and not against it, which is often the case in Bosnia-Herzegovina, as you know. So I was something that was unacceptable in the part of the country where I lived. So Uh, All this uh, kind of culminated when uh, I got my breast cancer, my diagnosis with breast cancer. I was 35 years old. In one year, I had underwent four surgeries, including radical mastectomy and ovariectomy. At the time, like when you need the most of the strength and uh, you are trying to keep yourself alive, you are actually fighting on two fronts. Because while I was in hospital, I wrote about the lack of heating in hospital and I i was supposed to be focused on my health and so on. But that's what I am. That's who I am my entire life. I'm like fighting all day for all kinds of injustice, attacking normal life of ordinary people in my, in my country. So I was in that um, hospital room with uh, three old grannies and it was so cold. There was no heating. And I know the director of that hospital is like the owner of many private clinics and he drives like uh, super expensive cars and so on. He lives like some completely different life and I wrote about it and then again, precious and so on. So that's uh, how the things are going. I'm um, really openly speaking about everything what is going on in my life. When I had uh, this uh, article about uh, the one of the nationalist leaders that he basically turn the flow of the river to flow through his garden. I know it might seem unbelievable, but that was true. And I was the one of the first journalists who wrote about that affair. And it was a huge thing in the Balkans. And at that point, I was pregnant with my first baby. And I lost my pregnancy due to the pressures that I suffered. So it was very both emotional and very tough at that point. And I decided I'm not going to write about politics anymore because it was the point where it was like something bigger than than before. It's like it's my first baby. So I decided I will leave the politics behind me and I will focus on my Uh, literature work and uh, my writings as a writer and uh, my books. But then uh, when I spoke about my miscarriage, about uh, losing my first baby, I realized that how many women in my country, uh, in my area, suffered the same. And they don't speak about it, I realized how much pressure of the silence is. it is. So I, I decided to speak about things that are really uh, important and that uh, most of women and people in my country, everywhere, like they are silenced about. So at that time, I didn't know that uh, the thing with the breast cancer will come up on my way, but uh, eventually like for a year, year after my miscarriage I was diagnosed with breast cancer and after my operations and my radical mastectomies I uh, posed uh, with my uh, scar of radical mastectomy in one of the uh, leading magazines in Bosnia-Herzegovina and and that was the first time anyone did so and it was a huge Thing and huge deal and uh, many praised my uh, bravery, but uh, I started receiving even more, even more vicious and uh, never-ending like online attacks against myself. And uh, the, the words were like um, unbelievable. I, I won't quote it now, but it, it, it was really hard to cope with it at that time. But uh, from the other side, my other point of view, I wanted to speak out because of the large number of young women facing breast cancer in our uh, country where a diagnosis of cancer is like still equated with the death somehow and patients are on the margins. They were written off. So, so I wanted to shout. I wanted to show that you can fight, that you can live life and you can actually, you must live life. And I especially wanted to show young girls who live under this pressure of social networks and modern reality that they will not be less of women if they lose their breasts and that this uh, option is very realistic considering the number of women who get sick from this disease. So I wanted uh, somehow to invite them to Preventive examinations uh, to sober them up and like to slap them and to say, look at this photo. I'm like 35 years old and I just had radical mastectomy and this can be you tomorrow. And you have to find the strength to fight it. You have to go to regular checkups. You need to love yourself the way you are. You need to invest in your uh, strength in your brains and not just in, in, in the visual part of yourself because you can be left without it in in like 24 hours. So it was very difficult for me at that moment because that photo was the target of many comments uh, describing the image as appropriate, indecent and disturbing. So Facebook, where I put my photo uh, first, was hidden due to the sensitive continent. So after that, um, I remember I wrote that uh, the picture bothered individuals because it surpassed the Balkan mentality and it became the excuse for a prolonged series of hateful and insulting posts against me.
1: Do you know anything about the people who were posting these online comments, where they come from or why they were doing it? Uh,
0: Mainly people from our country, people from Western Balkans, but uh, especially part of the country where I live, because they had huge problems with the political views I represent. Many of them, I I knew them, so it was... uh, beyond my imagination that they could write such things. Those were like messages like... uh they want that disease would eventually come back and that ends my life, that God permits that my children will also die from cancer and so on so that the cancer should multiplies a thousand times and eats me alive and so on so it it, it was really unbearable I could not explain it because it was beyond imaginable to me so.
1: You're listening to the Uniting Against Hate podcast from the United Nations. I'm Katie Dartford and I'm talking to writer and journalist Martina Milnarovic, who's currently an ambassador of Bosnia and Herzegovina to the Czech Republic.
0: As I said, I decided that this was not only my fight at that time, but an opportunity to break silence and help other women and girls who will might find themselves in similar situations, so at that point, I wrote my book named Huzur, and the book was like a form of facebook uh, facebook diary entries uh, the the stories I posted from hospital and so on, so uh, it was like um, that story of uh, fight against breast cancer and fight against those kind of hatred and nationalists uh, in chronological order from the discovery diagnosis through my struggle and so on. A lot of those texts provoke many reactions, but this particular one about the disease and the fact that I had to move with a small child to another city due to the threats and cyberbullying, were met with really extreme relations reactions, I realized that it's necessary to talk about it, to put it between the covers of the book. I I just wanted to leave it to kids, to my daughter, to other children, because kids just can't handle the pressure. So uh, that's why I needed to stand up straight, uh, like for my daughter, for all the girls in the world, for all the children, to show them... Uh, that face of evil and
1: uh, how to deal with it. And you actually had to move away because of this.
0: Yes, uh, I moved from uh, my part of the country where I lived to capital city of Sarajevo in Bosnia Herzegovina, and that was like the toughest and the saddest part for me, fleeing my my hometown where I lived for. 37 years but that was the only choice the, the only way at the time so it was very tough for me
1: basically your way of tackling this is to as you were saying to stand up stand up tall and, and proud against it yeah
0: yeah well um, as I said um, we are not the same character we are not same strong so this is where the need of a legal framework that will tackle this hate speech needs to Come on the scene and so I at that point I did not lack support like public support but the hate speech and the insults they were like uncontrollable they ranged from posts of my personal timeline to articles mentioning me to what was the most difficult for me they uh, talked to my family to my parents and they were like uh, very frightened at that time they my father will go like for in uh, the grocery shop and someone will, will say some bad things to him and they are not the public people and that they like their privacy and so on so they were very frightened about uh, for me for me not not for themselves but for me and it was kind of persecution campaign to punish me not only for the exposure of the scar on my breast but also for daring to comment on politics and to promote gender issues and all all other problems so all these attacks were unpunished at that time so they escalated like into misogynistic intimidating threats to my safety and against my family and
1: my loved ones So in your country, being a journalist and being a female journalist, it must be difficult to write about what you want to.
0: Yeah, absolutely. There is uh, not so much journalist who will write openly in that way and all of them who do the same, they are pressurized the same and they have the same problems, enormous hate speech and life threats and so on. So, and what is the most dangerous thing, everything goes unpunished. Uh, Only two persons, they were kind of punished for that things that were written towards myself. So I once printed all the insults and I had like thousands of papers together. And my plan was, I I will send it one day to UN headquarters in New York or sometime. I don't know what was my idea, just to scream, to show someone what is going on with journalists and no one is kind of reacting and as I said, what I consider my strength is the fact that I didn't want to give up. I didn't want to give them that opportunity to smile, be uh, happy by what they did to me. But uh, this thing uh, really did not end it because in 2020 when I came to Prague, they made some doll on the carnival traditional carnival and they burned the doll which resembled to me on that carnival so at that point I, I was in Prague and I think all of this which I suffered was somehow bearable but when that happened and the kids of my uh, husband from his previous marriage they lived there and the daughter at that time she was like 10 years old and she was like just child and she read the uh, news which said Martina, we burned Martina and she called like frightened to his father and she said, is Martina still alive? And it it was, I cannot find uh, enough words for that. And uh, for me, that was the point when um, at that moment, I, I kind of buried all my hopes regarding that area where I came from. I still love that part of the country really much. I work closely with all the young people from there and so on, but I I don't believe that uh, things might change in the future. So maybe for some 15 20 years, but now I, I don't see any changes and uh, I just
1: give up my hands and I, 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 I don't believe that anything can change. You feel like you've come to your limit of what you you personally can put up with. Yeah. Really, really frightening. Yeah, it, it, was, it was too much. At that point, it was too much
0: for me, even for me. So yeah, I, I just could not uh, comprehend from where that kind of hatred is coming from. I did not harm anyone. I just wrote my articles. I, I wrote about the fact that bothers each and every one of them, there and their life, their everyday life. I wrote what they are talking on their coffees, what they are talking on their lunches, but they don't have uh, courage to speak up publicly about it. I wrote everything what bothers their life, not mine. I had really, decent, really nice so work, job, life, and so on. At that point in the hospital, I wrote about hitting for old ladies. I did not write about hitting for me and everything like that. But I just could not comprehend where all that hatred is coming from. And I think it is the fact that I was able to stand up and speak, even though I know what the consequences will be. That kind of strength is the strength they are frightened of. And I am now really aware of it. So.
1: so yeah, and you you were just saying that you, you're not optimistic that anything's going to change in the near future. I mean, what would you like to see change? And how would you like hate speech and, and these attacks against you to be tackled? Well,
0: uh, as I said, um, it's a really difficult topic when it's coming to addressing the hate speech and limiting the freedom of speech. So I really think that needs to be uh, clearly said, which is which, and keeping that hate speech for turning into very dangerous and discrimination, violence and so on, which can happen. So these um, national groups and organizations and representatives in in my country, they express their public solidarity and Women Network of Bosnia-Herzegovina kind of demanded institutions should adequately respond to hate speech and provide a safe and secure environment for me and my family, blah blah blah. Society of journalists of Bosnia Herzegovina also—they are always calling it an institution to conduct an instigation. But, but uh, I was invited, I think, two or three times uh, to the police to give my my view on this situation, and I, I was interrogated for like six hours, five or six hours, like like I was the one to blame. They were reading again tons and tons of these insults, and they were asking, How are you feeling reading this, all of this? And I was like standing there and like asking, How would you feel? The situation is like that, that uh, complex uh, political system in our country is uh, like that, that uh, policemen in Sarajevo, they needed to uh, give that uh, case again to the prosecution in um, my area where that prosecution is controlled by the Nationalist Party. I wrote about so it's like never ending circle, so. But uh, as I said, maybe my uh, last sentence about that burning of my image were pessimistic, but I am a uh, really idealistic and optimistic person inside of myself. And I think that the the fact that they did it, they uh, just show how difficult it is for a normal person to work there and to fight for normal values. But uh, I really believe that uh, my country will uh, face some big changes in the future and that some new generation will come. And I'm trying to work with them, trying to work with young people as much as I can, trying to uh, empower their voice, trying to empower the girls' voice in our country and women's voice, and uh, trying to learn them to step up for yourself, to to stood up for uh, others, for minorities, and so on. So let's hope the future will bring something better for all of our kids.
1: That was writer and journalist Martina Milnarevic, who's currently an ambassador of Bosnia and Herzegovina to the Czech Republic. To learn more about hate speech and how it manifests itself in different parts of the world, join me every week on the Uniting Against Hate podcast from the United Nations.